welcome back. This is another Effin podcast uh, about sitcoms, and I am uh, one of the hosts, and I'll tell you my name right now. It's Michelle Likowski. Thank you so much for um, waiting for me to say that. Um, I am joined by uh, Stan Likowski, Luke Ward, and Dan McInerney, and we are here to fuck you up. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my wow. God. What no. just happened? I don't know. I don't know how to do intros, but I sure do have fun. Uh, today, we're going to talk to you about the 18th number of the 25 episodes that AV has artic- articulated or, or or made certain we knew that they enjoyed. And some of them I disagree with. Um, <laughs> so you notice she didn't use the word best? Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hey, New it. girl really put a... Put a- Last week's episode really burned us. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I love the show anymore. I think mm. we should quit the podcast. But, um, wow. But we're here, and uh, we're gonna talk about instead before we get into the next episode, which is Roseanne. She's, uh, she's so funny. Um, we're gonna talk about what we did this week that we'd like to impart our information on you. Does anyone mm. have anything? Bring it. Do it. Um. Uh- I didn't watch anything new. I'm just reading a new book by Chuck Paul Hionniak, the guy who wrote Fight Club, uh, mm. about his writing technique and stuff. And it's really engrossing and enjoyable for anybody who cares about like getting writing tips from people who do it. I would recommend the book. I think it's called like on, writing or on writing or something like that. It's called The First Rule is Don't Talk About Writing. <laughs> and then the book is empty. Yeah, <laughs> It's where you can write it, though. That's what's fun. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm into. I I watched two fun things this week. Uh, number one was the finale of Loki, which I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, I really, really like that. I don't. It, it is such sci-fi gobbledygook in such a great way that I had so much fun with that. And then uh, on the other end of the spectrum, I watched Space Jam: A New Legacy with my oh! wife oh, and daughter like it? last night. It's fine. It it looks great. Don Cheadle is doing amazing work. LeBron James can act. Mm. Um, you know, uh, you nothing is justified. So you just have to like at one point, Michelle was like, if they want him to lose, why would they play basketball? Why wouldn't they just challenge him to like a game of golf? It's <laughs> like, no, you have it's the whole it's, it's just, called Space Jam. Was she on yeah. board for them turning into cartoons, though? She well halfway through, she's like, "What's happening?" And, and so I was like, "No, that that because she had never seen the first one, mm-hmm. you know. And you, you really kind of need to, you just need to suspend, be, just let go. There's so much, yeah. The, the, like it just doesn't make sense. But Don Cheadle is great in it. Don he, Cheadle is great in everything. I heard he Gonzo's really... in it. Is Gonzo the great Gonzo in it? No, uh... but uh, no, every every Warner Brothers uh, property is in it. Nice. Every Boop? what? Betty Boop. I don't know if that's a Warner Brothers. I don't either, but I just wanted to put it out there. Yeah, but she no, I mean like thing coming back. Hanna Barbera. Every obscure. I mean, at one point, do you remember the show? Uh, there was a show about a family of like cave people, but they lived in the future, and I can't remember what it was called. It was, was kind of like um, the same kind of show as like, uh, like Space Ghost. Space. There was like a Space Ghost uh, show, like when Space Ghost was on, it was part of like a three part thing. So like the first 10 minutes would be Space Ghost, and then it would be this family and then it would be this thing. They were in it. I don't know. 
Huh. I don't no. remember them. Wait, yeah. Space Goes Coast to Coast was a, a Warner Brother thing? Yeah. I thought that was a comedy, a Cartoon Network thing. Which is owned by? Warner Brothers? Yep. Well, oh, Dan, you've got information about Peacock, so I, I got questions. Uh, yes. Well, we had he, we had brought this up last week, but uh, you asked why Roseanne is on Peacock. I, I Dan, was, why is Roseanne on Peacock when it's uh, actually a CBS, NBC, KP? It was originally it was famously on ABC. So yeah. uh, you said everyone except for the one that it was. Yep. But yeah, some that don't exist. Um, well, it's the same reason why Friends is on HBO Max and not on and not on Peacock, even though it was famously an NBC show. Oh, right. Because uh, because the way it used to work was every every company, every network had a production arm. They would make a show and then they would try to basically sell it to their own network. Um, so a show would be made by NBC it would uh, by NBC productions, they would say, they would go to the network and say, Hey, we want to, we want you to show the show. NBC network might say either a, we don't like it or B, we don't have room on their schedule. So then NBC productions would go to Fox and say, do you want to air this show? And Fox would say, sure. And so uh, then Fox would air it, but NBC okay. owned it. Fox aired it. Mm-hmm. That is why Brooklyn nine, nine was on Fox for five years. And then right. they and then they said, we don't want to do this anymore because we don't make money on streaming for it. Ah. Now everything's about streaming. And so they canceled it. And NBC said, well, we'll show it because it's our show. So now networks don't want to show shows that they don't make because otherwise they don't get the money from the streaming and everything else that comes after the show mm. is done. This is a thought that I've been having and I'd love to open it up for mm-hmm. discussion. Do you think... Now with all the streaming things, and I know that uh, network television was like, that's how your career was made. Do you mm-hmm. think that network television for for the universal appeal, uh, will, like are, are sitcoms from network television completely gone? Do you think? They're, because, they're rapidly changing. Right. Because, I mean, I think, I think broadcast and even cable television will basically go through an evolution like say am radio went through okay there was a time when there was only am radio uh, yeah fm did not exist right and so once fm came in am transformed into a you know basically i mean obviously there are exceptions but basically all talk right was what am became because right. you, you talk know, and um uh classical <laughs> sure so i think i mean again i think the industry is just changing so fast where again like you know even five years ago you know, a show like Brooklyn Nine-Nine would be made by NBC, Fox would air it. And I just, that's just not true anymore. Nobody wants to air stuff they don't make. So all like, this- Because like Shit's Creek, uh, we were talking about this a couple mm-hmm. of nights ago, uh, Stan and I with some friends. Shit's Creek uh, was made by Pop TV, which was a Canadian, uh, uh, whatever, company. And well, they ended it six, they said six, uh, six seasons, I think huh. six or five. And- uh, they, my friends were like, well, do you think if they knew what, how popular it was going to be, if they'd gone further? And I was like, no, I think Dan Levy, 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 uh, mm-hmm. just decreed like it, it was over when it was over. And, um, the popularity of it is so surprising because, um, it's not a network show. And it, 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 for me, from my point of view, like, I just think about like, these people were stars if they were on ABC, NBC, CBS, 
that's it, right? Those were the three. Fox. Mm-hmm. Fox-ish. Fox was later. CW. Um, CW was never a thing yeah. that people cared about. But I, I, I'm sorry. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, if you can't afford Apple TV, will that show be successful? And then Ted Lasso, of course, is incredibly mm-hmm successful which uh is uh i can't wait to talk about season two anyway that's that's it yeah i mean the again the, it's like basically with the streaming stuff we're in the middle of it it's hard yeah. to know how right. it will all shake out obviously they there can't be 15 streaming services all happening no. simultaneously no. it just the 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 only the best will survive but i mean i think at this point like showing a show on broadcast is like an advertisement for the streaming correct okay like right it is yeah it's it's only part of their strategy now on how to make money is like okay we're gonna put it on the air you know people will watch it and then we'll make the second half of our money from streaming and everything that comes later so but that's why but the point being that i don't know for sure but i assume Roseanne was made by NBC Studios mm-hmm. uh-huh. and they well, sold the yeah. ABC to air. So now they own the rights, which ABC, which is owned by Disney, is probably like, fuck, I wish we had the right. We shouldn't have shown that show. Right. We should have only showed shows that we owned, but they mm-hmm. didn't know that that but was ever going to matter. You know what they yeah. say? Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I'm nearly going blind by staring at your photograph <laughs> and wishing you were mine. Thank you so much. We're here for lyrics all day long. <laughs> what song is that? Yeah, what it's is that? a song from uh, Randy Travis. Oh, wow. Anyone? So yeah, anyone? sure. And you sort of looked like you were reading that. Do you have that like posted <laughs> yeah. on your screen? I think about it so much that it's just, yeah. it's on the back of my glasses. It's <laughs> It's, I mean, this could be, by the way, this could be a whole nother episode. I know, I'm but, sorry. No, 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 no. I just want to say like how we consume TV and, and it's interesting um a lot of these shows too like uh and i know i said last time i watched make a dune i love it is you know binging versus streaming or binging versus waiting every week Mm -hmm. um also knowing that certain services or networks have a certain style or you know like hbo like when hbo started doing shows it was like okay they could do shows that are a bit more adult and now because of streaming it doesn't really matter, you know. Uh, and- but like I talked about last week with The Office, the uh, British Office, it's on Hulu streaming, and it's still censored. Like that to me is, I don't understand. Well, I'm assuming that. Hulu must must. It, I, it's Have not a G rating or at least PG. Yeah, I'm saying I, I it's not a like a, a thing that's coming from the government or anything, but I'm sure it's like Hulu's like we don't, you know, it, it's and a don't thing put we're like it on Hulu. Well, I know, but I it's I think I mean, Dan's absolutely right. We're right in the middle. I don't I think it's the yeah. Wild West at this moment. I mean, right. there's no know. way all these streaming services can um, compete, and compete and subside provide. Uh, yeah. or provide uh, survive. Survive. Um, you know, and also I like the whole point of, of cutting the cord like for us was to save money. And now if I have to subscribe to 10 right. different services, you're, you're right back where you started. Yeah. A lot lower. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more. And that's the thing. Yeah. It, it, like I said, we are right in the middle of it. So in, in 10 years, I'm sure this stuff will all look very different. So there will be, so like my Apple TV stock be- was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Apple TV, unfortunately, I, I do love the content. Like I'm, I'm also watching mythic quest, which I'm, I'm kind of into. Right. Uh, which by the way, we were talking about Jake Johnson in last week's episode. 
there I, I don't know if you watched mythic quest but there's an amazing bottle episode with christine miliati and jake johnson um just that made me seems, watch the show now it has nothing to i don't know if it's going to pay off later because i'm still too uh, early into it but it was an amazing bottle episode mm-hmm. it was just amazing one-off that had nothing to do with the whole series and it was so it was actually jake johnson in a it, like he doesn't have a huge range uh, no no you know not. just fine let me guess does he get angry and boisterous in this one no that's the thing he, he i mean he gets angry but it's a very mature it, it takes place over the from like would 93 to 2015 i would not say that that's not how i pronounce that word but <laughs> a uh it is a fun it is it. yeah yeah you might, wanna, you might want to consider it that's all i'm saying i know uh, but I, I wouldn't say like the past president and the future i would say the future I, I would Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I just want to say this, this conversation uh, is actually uh, thematically resonant because the, uh, the episode we're going to talk about is all about looking into the past. That's true. Uh, And we're talking about how much, how much the world has changed. The only thing I wanted to say was uh, two quick things. One. One. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We don't know how it's all going to shake out because what, what you guys were saying was that, um, you know, I think the, the feeling in the industry, and I, I do follow this stuff for my job a little bit, but I think the feeling in the industry was people were like, oh, Apple TV is dead in the water. Complete failure. They totally fucked up. It's going the way of Quibi. It's over. And then Ted Lasso became a hit, and everyone's like, oh, Apple TV's huge. It's well, doing fine. Show Everything's was great. also very popular, like very. But it wasn't bringing in subscribers. Okay. And Ted yes. Lasso is. Yes. Because everyone is telling That's why friends, we got it. You have to watch Ted Lasso. Yeah. And yeah. so, and that's the thing, like, it's hard to know. And now, like, you know, so anyway, the long story short, and actually Peacock's doing surprisingly well. But one thing they're doing is they're putting a lot of live sports on Peacock. Mm. And so people are like, oh, I like Premier League soccer, so I'm getting Peacock. I don't give a shit about Office or anything else. Right, right. So it's hard to know, like, what's going to make it survive. Um, mm. The, uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to say was that uh, I was talking to some friends the other day, just, to, just talking about the way consuming this stuff has changed. And somehow the topic came up. We were like, you know what? They should bring back like I love the 70s and I love the 80s. They should just do it again. Right. Like you could have all new comedians and like talk about new stuff. And, you know, things have like reception, things have changed. It'll be fun. And I said, yeah, but the problem is like they could be doing it right now. And I would have no idea. Correct. Because it used to be like 10 years ago, I would sit down, I would turn on the TV and I would flip between MTV and VH1 and Comedy Central and Cartoon Network. And just see like whatever was on and I would just watch it. I don't do that anymore. I turn on the TV and I turn on whatever streaming service I want. So they could be having commercials on VH1 every minute saying, I love the 70s is coming back. And I would not know about it. Well, that that uh, question uh, of how do you break through and get attention for your stuff is like really hard. I I think this is a really good segue into the show today because I, I, I agree with you because like, um, again, how, the four of us consume content is very different from how like my in-laws consume content, which is also very different from how my, my daughter and even people 30 and below consume content. You know, I, 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 with, <laughs> with like music, we, we live across, we actually have a few friends in the music industry and, and, and like every once in a while they'll be like, Oh, so-and-so is doing this. And we're like, who are you talking about? I don't know who that is. My, my wife literally had a, <laughs> an Abbott and Costello conversation with her neighbor about the artist, her. And she was <laughs> like, Oh, I've got to have a meeting with her tomorrow. Who? 
Her. <laughs> what? Her. Why won't you say her name? The artist's name is her. Like it literally was that. It's actually yeah. a band, but yeah. It is? Mm-hmm. We're have oh I th- no, I think it's an artist. No, that's them. No, it's Pain? an it's an I'm almost I can't tell you why I know, but I'm almost positive it's a band. Okay. I think it's a person because it, I mean, maybe it's a lead singer and I'm, a band. I'm saying I'm singing here, singer songwriter. Yeah, try Googling her and see what uh, you get. Well, <laughs> you I, I looked H up her. Period music. E period R period. Yeah. And you're right. Oh, is that I'm how wrong. it's it's it I'm is, wrong. but it is a it is a woman. It is a single woman, American singer songwriter. The yeah. the guilt I feel over not knowing this is low. <laughs> I don't really fucking care. <laughs> I just yeah. So uh, it, it, anyway the. the, the so, Let's so get into Roseanne because, like, yeah. like, like I feel yes. like there it is also a very different way to. Uh, anyway, I'm feeling old. Also, I, they're um, CNN, which, by the way, uh, this one penetrated. They're doing um, a history of the sitcom. Yes, I did so, see that. Yeah. So I don't know how I actually found out something on CNN that's being played, but apparently I hit their right algorithm, and I, uh, yeah. I'm going to be watching that definitely. I uh, yeah, I think I got something in my my Instagram feed about it. I think I that's like, where. Oh, I, you you yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. By okay, the way, so we can real work. quick, it's tangential yep. thing yep. in Space Jam: A New Legacy. Uh, uh, what's his name? Don Cheadle plays Algie Rhythm. He is an algorithm, <laughs> and they keep calling him Algie, and I'm like Algie, you know, like it's oh, like just the gross stuff on top of. Yeah, I don't, you know. Uh, and I'm surprised they don't call him Allie but I guess that was uh, a property it's that they weren't used. able to. Uh, yeah. No. See, see, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, okay. Well, all of this again is thematically resonant because we are talking <laughs> about, we are talking no, about. We were right to talk this long about it, everybody. The yep. AV Club's oh top 25 sitcom episodes the last 25 years, which is 1990 to 2015 when this list was written. Uh, we're talking about number 17 on that number list. Number 17. Is it 17? Which is uh, Roseanne, an episode of Roseanne called A Stash from the Past. Uh, it is season six, episode four, written by Kevin A- Abbott, directed by Phil, Philip, Phil Charles McKenzie. Cu- Phil Costello. <laughs> Original air date, October 5th, 1993. Roseanne punishes David after finding marijuana in the basement, in his basement bedroom. Dan realizes that it is actually Roseanne's 20-year-old stash. When the house is empty, he, Roseanne, and Jackie indulge once more for old time's sake, but it, admit that it's not the same. Um, and the AV club said Roseanne's take on the anti-drug episode was very much in the vein of a show of the show as a whole, which was not very anti-drug. It was against looking back the past through rose colored glasses. Roseanne finds pot in David's room and assume that we already know that. Uh, so Dan, Jackie, so her, Dan, Jackie decided to take a trip back in time when they didn't have to worry about firing employees, fixing carpets or disciplining children. Uh, through weed, Roseanne and Dad figure out they can't look back anymore. They've evolved as people, and that means that life gets harder, but that's okay. It's not as much fun, but it's fuller and richer than it was before. Uh, dotted with stoner humor, the episode's anti-anti-drug status is perhaps best encapsulated by Jack- Jackie sitting in a bathtub uh, oh, to, hide, to hide Lori Metcalf's growing pregnancy. Oh, yeah. Oh! Oh, yeah. Uh, that's why pregnant? she has the huge coat that on. Coat. Oh Her yeah, coat was so big. Oh, and that's why she brings a comforter into the room. Yeah, like, hey, here's this comforter I borrowed. So good. Yes. They did, but that's why she has that basketball. Yeah. <laughs> but her anyway, face just... doesn't reflect it. That's a really interesting. Wow. 
wow. I, oh, I remember her. I mean, I, I knew she was pregnant. I mean, it was, it was like, she was definitely fuller in the midsection. Right. And I couldn't remember, and she gets pregnant on the show and I couldn't remember if it was real. Or it's so funny memorized. too. Cause yeah. Yeah, so in the episode, obviously they, they find as, as Dan just said, and they get stoned. And I, I remember as of going into the episode, I'm like, is her character pregnant on the show yet? I don't know. Uh, it can't be. There's no way she would get stoned. And then because right. even um, the reason that they realize it's Roseanne's weed is that Dan says you were pregnant, I think, with DJ. And you were like, I got to quit this. No, it was no, it was Becky. Becky, Becky. okay, okay, yeah, but yeah. she was still pregnant and smoking weed, so uh, right, like, right. Okay. Well, but I think when she realized well, Becky was, was the first, let's let's give her that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think it's when she realizes she's pregnant. She's but like, she's like, forget it. I can't. Yeah, I, I stopped smoking uh, before um, having Holden, but and tried Chantrex uh, mm-hmm. and realized while I was on Chantrex that I was actually already pregnant. We were. Yeah, shocked. I was shocked, and I was. We think really, the Chantrix might have done it. <laughs> no. I, I think I got pregnant uh, through science. <laughs> Not blinded. Not blinded by the science. I got just pregnant through science the second time. But anyway, let's go on. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, the only thing I want to say was uh, the end of that was just said uh, her line of "Hey guys, I don't think this stuff is working." Uh, the pot is working, just not the way they intended. Yeah. The last line. Oh, it was so, so good. It was such a, it was a great episode. The episode starts with Dan's having trouble at work. That uh, is, yeah. and it feels so real. Like God, that is yeah. the thing about this show is they nailed the realism of ha- the monotony of being a grown up and yep. having to deal with that stuff and yeah. the poverty. And uh, it's, it is truly one of the best representations of America that uh, yeah. I think I, ever put out. I was surprised that Dan fired the guy a day later. I did not think that's what that was going to become. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. I, my, so my guess is the, is kind of what Dan read in the synopsis. Cause I'll, I'll admit I watched this late at night with a glass of wine in my hand. How so many glasses before that though. Uh, I, I can't count into the triples, um, but I was like, why are we doing this? But I guess it's all to set it up as like, hey, life is pretty responsibility filled right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting about the show is that it, it's even though it's physically in a three act structure because, um, you know, you have to with commercials and stuff. I wouldn't I don't think there's like an arc like no one learns a lesson necessarily yeah. other than they're just like, yep, got to be an adult, got to do it the way I don't want to. I mean, like what's really interesting especially with the anti-drug stuff and the parenting. And Dan says at one point, you know, I said I wasn't going to be this boss. And now I, I think I have to be. And at he the end, he fires him. Do you believe he had to be, by the way? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but, you know, I, like I'm finding, you know, as parents, we take a step back and we take a moment like, okay, how do we approach this? What, you know, like, it's interesting to me that their immediate result on finding weed was to freak out on David, yell at him, go so anti-drug. Um, like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the AV club saying it's an anti-anti-drug thing. Yeah, it's yeah. I, yeah, I feel it's like definitely it's not a positive end. To, they didn't enjoy it. Well, no, but like, but, but the way I, they I, no, go I, down I so hard on David, 
indicates that they are anti-drugs. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Instead I, I of think being like, the... hey, we've tried this. It's not great. I really yeah. would let let's sit down and really discuss it. They're like, you why are do you bad. have it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's definitely the just say no approach, which is these are bad, but also we're gonna do them on the side. I mean, like how yeah. stone I'm sure Nancy Reagan was getting high as hell back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um but uh oh, yeah she and, was uh, definitely on painkillers. Well yeah. but but I mean, I think, you know, allegedly, I don't, yeah, I don't know how intentional is this. I mean, first of all, this is important to remember. This is 1993. Yeah, right. And I looked it up. I mean, Bill Clinton has been in office less than a year. Yeah. At wow. this point. So and he had to he had to say, I in in I put pot smoke in my mouth. Right. Did not inhale it. I blew it out so that right. he could be president. Right. So this is where we are right now. Right. And I think, again, I don't know what intentional this is, but I mean, isn't that the story of the boomers that they grew up, drank, had sex, smoked pot, and then the moment they became adults said no one else is allowed to do that yes. anymore? Yes. I mean, so yes. that I think that's part of it, right? That they yeah. that they are realizing, oh, shit, we're the adults now. Like, how yes. did this happen? But they they don't. Uh, I, I mean, it's interesting. It, it just they don't they don't take an approach of like, hey, that didn't work for us. So maybe we should take a moment to think about what's right. going to work you know and, and i think uh, i i think a big part of it is the poverty in the show is the education level mm-hmm. is the situation is the frustration i mean like you're working two three jobs you don't have time to sit and read a book about parenting or consult uh, uh a therapist or, or whatever right. you also didn't have the internet you didn't have google to like look something up and, and you see, didn't like, have friends who thought parenting differently right right and also, like, I mean, I, I, not to stereotype, but I think there's also a thing of like both within this family and the idea of like blue collar parents are strict. Yeah. Like, that's just the the flavor of like, you know, if you find pot in your kid's room, they're grounded for three months. And because right. even when when David has that conversation with is it Darlene is the middle sister, yeah. um, Sarah yeah. Gilbert, yeah. Uh, you know, she he says something like, I thought it was yours. And she says she says something about or he says something like your mother would kill you. Right. Yeah. Found out like they're yep. just they're strict parents. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's what it is. And Roseanne says also like in that same vein, your employees have to fear you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how it works. If you're on top, everyone else should be scared of you. And if we're on top as the parents, our kids should be scared of us. Right. Which, which is why I was saying, you know, and you were like he did. Ha- I mean, he definitely had to fire that guy. I don't know that I subscribe to the idea of like your employees have to fear you, but he definitely no, had a fire. That guy uh, specifically just had no respect for probably any authority. No. Who, who played that guy, by the way? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah do you you know, know, do you know, yeah. Is that Paul Feig? That's Paul That's Feig. Paul Feig. Yeah. Yes. I was like, that looks like Paul Feig's face on like uh, normal, on normal a handsome, clothes. Well, like a handsome brother's body. Like what is happening? <laughs> I didn't know. I he's it says in the credits, it says star guest starring Paul Feig. And like for a second, I was like, Wait, because I forgot about that guy. I was like, who the hell did he play? I was right. like, is he David? No. I was like, who could <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, he must have been the other guy in the bar. I but do yeah, the, it is him. Yeah. Yeah. When I watch a show and like if I have a glimpse of somebody, it's this is a bad thing because it takes me out of the show, but I like I instantly went to IMDB and I was like, I think that's Paul Feig. And I looked at the episode mm. and I'm like, yep, it's him. Yeah. Uh and Paul and, Feig, creator of Freezing Geeks and director of uh many yeah. office episodes but yeah, also so. so known for his style like he, he yeah wears he's a suit tie like three piece, suit that he's piece. like a dandy i know yeah. so funny to see him in like a blue collar like you yeah know, and being a, like laid back yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and not i mean like he's um 
he's metrosexual. Like he is the definition for me of metrosexual in a in a way. Mm. And to see him as like this dude, Bru- yeah. That's you know what that is acting. Yeah, he has he has a series of really great books where he writes essays about growing up and like what? growing up as a nerd. Yeah, Paul. No, uh, there's great. There's one that is uh so fucking mortifying and hilarious where his father was a world war ii veteran mm-hmm. and he discovers in his father's closet a nazi flag <sighs> that is that his father took as a trophy right he right. was he like he stormed the beaches in normandy he took home this flag and paul Vig is like a little kid and he's so proud of his father that he hangs it in the window to show everyone <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> And his, <laughs> his parents have to explain to the whole neighborhood why. Oh, I, no. think, I think he might even be Jewish, and yeah. they have to explain why his son is hanging a, a Nazi flag in their window. Oh, it's my really God. funny. It's really funny. So that anyway. happened. A friend of mine from college, his grandfather was a World War II vet, and he was home one weekend. And his grandfather's like, "Look, I got all this stuff," and he pulled out a Nazi flag. But it's same thing. He he stormed the beaches and it was a right. trophy, and the grandfather's like, "Here, you can keep that." And he's like, "No, grandpa, <laughs> okay. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. I can make a shirt of it for you." Yeah. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So they so they they're gonna uh, punish David, and then uh, Dan realizes that it's it's their pod. I mean, I just. You know, it. That's the other thing is that I mean, obviously, I think we could all relate to the feeling of of growing old. Yeah, uh, that, oh, the, per, that permeates this episode, and the idea of just like, oh, I didn't even realize how much has changed until you think about it. Like, yeah, how much the world has changed, um, or how how much my life has changed. But I mean, the other thing is, and this is something we occasionally talk about on the Story Song podcast, which is the funny thing of running into someone else's nostalgia because. This is 1993, and obviously they're they're children of the 60s, mm-hmm. right? Which is like not something that, even though broadly I can understand what they're talking about, I can't actually relate to that idea of we thought the world was going to stay like this forever, right. right? We thought we would always be these flower children, and then somehow the world changed. I mean, even she- though I'm surprised at how much has changed since I was younger, you know, I never, I didn't have that idealism. I grew up in the very cynical nineties. So yeah, right. well, that, it's not that, quite the same. It's, it's so fun. I mean, that, that is again, another boomer thing where we're kind of cleaning up the mess of the boomer generation who thought like, Oh, everything would be perfect. Yep. And then we realize, you know, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit like the wire where the guy's running for mayor. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you get there and you're like, oh, I, I can't do any of those things because right. of all these, these thousand kind of things that already happened. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think our generation is one of the first to have an awareness of like, yeah, we, we knew that when we like, we didn't, I didn't think I, I, I did, you know, it's funny watching this show. I watched it when it, when it came out, like remember this episode and it was before I had ever smoked pot and, but I knew of it. And so it was like, oh, that's hilarious. And it just was different. And then having gone full circle where I have since stopped smoking pot because the last time I did, I freaked out like they did. I was at a party and I just, I was at a party. I was on like <sighs> a, a, a roof deck of like the 30th floor. And I was just like, I think I'm going to fall off this building. I got to go. I got to go. I got to <laughs> no. go. And I did you fall off? I mean, not from the middle of gravity still kept me in the middle of the, the thing. And I was right. just, and you're laying on the probably 
I, I was just standing there just turning everybody going, I got to go. I got to go. I, I have to go now. I have to go. I have, I, go. Have, I have the exact same story. And only to say that I think everyone has that like a couple year gap happens yep. and then you smoke like you used to. Yep. And then you're like, oh, no, <laughs> what have I done? Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. I was fine, but I was just like, oh, shit, I'm freaking out. Like, yep. I don't I don't like this. I, I oh, this yeah. is a mistake. And then yeah. ever since then, I realized, OK, I'm going to I'm going to do one or two and then see how that goes yeah and not like just smoke a whole ball by myself and then realize that i'm not 22 anymore and my yeah. heart is jackhammering in my chest yeah. and i can't get it to that stop paranoia like, is the word yeah, yeah. I, I uh the what and i never smoked much in fact i've never had i've only had out of i've probably had two experiences i would consider positive out of any of it and i i probably smoked less than a dozen times but one of them I forgot to breathe sort of thing. Like so I was with someone and they're like, yeah. they're like, you have to just like relax, take the air in, let the air out. And I'm like, but I, but I, but I yeah. was just like, chill, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. It was awful. You're harshing right. my vibe. Yeah. 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 I had to drive home by the way, like an hour later, oh, no. like an hour ride home. Oh gosh. Oh, no. boy. Yeah. I used to smoke, uh, I'd say for a whole year, like that was what, that was part of my job of, in life. And I also, <laughs> was uh i'd broken up with this boyfriend i'd had for five years and i i was just like now i'm a pothead who's on weight watchers and <laughs> um and works this temp job and that was my job and i would i lost so much weight i was like too skinny and all i would eat was carrots and um and the and smoke pot so i would uh, and popcorn so i would eat carrots popcorn and get high every single night. Oh. And then the next day I worked in um, at little golden books and I was, you know, like uh, uh, this secretary basically. And, it, and then I would get it home, start smoking and like, and, and watched. And I think it was around the friends era. So oh, I had yeah. NBC, you know, TV. And I was very happy. I was in a very happy mood ex all the time. I was, n it never affected me negatively. I loved pot so much. <laughs> I, I really, I, I, you're at little golden books. I figured you'd be like, oh, the fucking pokey little puppy today. It was really on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> fucking me up, man. <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, my uh, my routine probably for most of my 20s was Sunday morning. I like to wake up, smoke right away, and then I would usually clean my apartment. And then how long uh, did that take? Do, uh, you know, I mean, obviously I would get distracted or whatever, but I what what I <laughs> also what I liked tiny apartment. What I, I don't what I don't like. And there's something that we'll get back to this in a second. Something that Dan says that really resonated with me was for whatever reason, when I would smoke pot, I would have trouble talking. Yeah, because I would couldn't stop myself from thinking how weird it is. Yep. To DJ. form words. DJ. And then I would like, yeah, and it was that exact thing. So I didn't I didn't like that because I, I like would like try to talk and not be able to, which I felt was really weird. So anyway, so I didn't like doing around people, but I like to do like simple, repetitive tasks when I was high because it was just like it was just something to concentrate on. So anyway, I would get high. I would clean my apartment and I would do my laundry. I would bring it down to the laundromat that was right downstairs from my apartment start my laundry i would set a timer on my phone so that it would go off and i would remember to go down and change my laundry but then i would just sit upstairs and and smoke pot uh and just watch tv like all day on a sunday and uh at some point during that time i had moved in with uh my roommate who is michael hartney which probably uh you guys know who that is and uh 
one of the first times that now we were living together, I was sitting on the couch watching TV and uh, all of a sudden a voice spoke <laughs> and cause he had come in, he had come back to the apartment and like was sitting on the couch watching TV and he was like, Hey, this is funny. And I was like, Holy fuck. What the-? <laughs> like, he like jumped on the couch. And then not only did I not know he was there, but then he was like, I said, hi to you. <laughs> right. I yeah. had like completely forgotten that it happened. And I was just like, Oh, I should tell you, I get high on Sundays. I'm sorry, man. Because <laughs> he was like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, I don't find Roseanne to be no. a very good actress. Yes. Uh-huh. But her surprise going to Michael, um, shocking you, her surprise, her, every time she said, Dan would say something endearing and lovely and like, I love you so much and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, what did you say? And it was, yeah. so, she it, just yeah. said, it what? Was, yep. what? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to just say that. Oh, yeah. in that moment where she's like, what do you want, DJ? <laughs> yeah. DJ oh, yes. Mo- that was so funny. Yeah, yeah. We the should... building in the back. Yeah, where, she... where we that... put the cars and, and, and daddy works on tools. Yeah, I, that's me when I get when I would get high. That's I would just I would no, miss the funny thing is that's Michelle living life. <laughs> well, that is yeah. exactly how Michelle describes things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But what I was also going to say was just to sort of go back uh there's a funny line too well I, I guess maybe just to pivot the conversation a little bit i loved roseanne when it was out and i thought it was very cutting edge and yeah. like and it was smart and clever and it was i don't know that it, obviously 20 30 years later that you like watching it now i don't want to say it's tame by modern standards but it is certainly not as like cutting edge as it felt back then oh yeah um, yeah but but i i will say it does a really great job of tackling topics and still being funny, which are two things that are tough to do together. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I was also somewhat surprised at how set up joke, set up joke, set up joke. Yeah. A lot of it was, I actually Mm -hmm. did not expect it to be quite that cookie cutter. Um, But I will say there were, I mean, on one episode that I watched, there was a good handful of lines that I thought were really funny. The joke writing is great. I mean, that that was, I think, how you were able to swallow a lot of the stuff that they dealt with. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's so funny. Laurie Mech, I I do have a Starfucker story if I I could share. Here is a Starfucker moment just for you and me. Because meeting a celebrity is real fun and dumb 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 real fun so i think i've told you before i used to write this show where i would take old sitcoms and i'd write new episodes and and i would put them on and um a friend who worked on the shows is like i know laurie metcalf and if you want we can we she'll come to see a show if you do Rose. like so she came to one of my shows and i think she did say like hey would you ever do roseanne and i was like yeah and so i wrote a roseanne based on a story of something that happened to my mom where um, <laughs> we, the, the short version of this is we were, I was in a youth theater group and my mom was giving me and my brother and my sister and this kid a ride home. And my sister had just broken up with her boyfriend. She was like 14. Mm-hmm. So my sister's kind of crying in the front seat. It's me and my brother and this kid in the back seat. And we'll just say his name is like James uh burrows james burrows james burrows and so she's just like oh you can go out with this boy like she's trying to make her laugh she's naming all the like the loser kids in town (laughs) and she goes oh and you can go out with james burrows oh (laughs) and he just goes "Uh." and (laughs) 
And so we drop him off, and and she's just like, I forgot he was back there. Just so goddamn quiet. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and so, uh, well, because my mom recovered, like realized as soon as she went, uh, she goes, oh, or your brother. <laughs> Mention that if you went out with your brother. And so I wrote a whole Roseanne about that. And so Laurie Metcalf came. And and coincidentally, uh, speaking of Peacock, uh, Jana Schmieding, Schmieding oh, I can't pronounce her last name, Schmiedling, uh played Roseanne. She's That's now amazing. on Rutherford Falls. Yeah. Nice. And Griffin Newman played the kid. Griffin Newman is on oh, the Blank Check. In Bla- oh, he's on Blank Check? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he played. But he's on the, the Tech, yeah. Yeah, and he yeah. played the nerdy kid. Uh and it was a lot of fun. She was very nice, and she she had praise for the show. Uh, it was very nice. Cool. Uh, yeah. So she saw it twice. Yeah. That's now was she still pregnant incredible. at that time? She, she was not. Did she carry a, a, yeah, yeah. a comforter? She did yeah. not. No. Or um, you know what? Maybe that's why she had that big uh, that, <laughs> that, that giant big snowman she she built. For them, so. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I mean, this like we were saying. I mean. You know, obviously, this is a something of a transition period. Well, actually, it's still pretty early in the '90s. I mean, we're yeah. we're very much in like traditional sitcom, and it's just funny where you're talking about the setup joke, the the live studio audience, the yep. oh, the actress is pregnant. Okay, she's just gonna carry a box. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We'll find a reason. Like all that, like old school stuff. Um, I do want to say I, and it was a very simple joke. I should have seen it coming, but I did not. It really made me laugh. And this is a great thing that sitcoms can do is just for the audience. So Dan is having trouble with his employees at work. He sees one of the guys who called in sick that day and he's at the bar. Paul Feig. Paul Feig. Dan knows he's lying. And he doesn't like, you know, he doesn't fire him on the spot or anything. Um, And so he's obviously like pissed at himself that he can't be more like, you know, strict employees or whatever. Yeah, more assertive. So anyway, when they get home, uh, Dan and Rosanna are fighting. And then Jackie walks in and I think Dan says something like, you know, I can't just punish people. I forget what the line is, but he says yeah. something and Jackie goes, Oh, come on. Every kid has pot in their rib. It happens. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And oh, then right. Right. Laugh so hard because what's great about a sitcom was I actually like for the moment forgot about the pot plot line. Right, Cause I right. was so engrossed in this other plot line. So the fact that they were just able to like turn the wheel so immediately yeah. and, and I was like, Oh, right. And just like, the look actually and again a great roseanne reaction of her eyes just going super wide yeah like staring in anger at jackie yeah. as dan slowly turns and then her realize oh and then and then she says something like i didn't tell him yet and she goes you people fight so much it's it's hard to keep track of what you're fighting about <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah that was great so that was yeah, really I like that that was I like great that. That was a yeah, great I, I agree with Michelle that I don't I, I'm guessing Roseanne is probably not a great actress, but I think she's, she's a stand. doing she started she's as a stand-up. Do, but she's doing okay. herself. So yeah. I really buy into who she is. Yeah. yeah you know? I, I, I you know, it's funny. There's there's a somewhat notorious rivalry between Roseanne and Seinfeld because uh, both shows were on the air and both mm-hmm. were kind of competing for audiences and stuff. I feel like her acting miles Oh god, oh, terrible. Yeah, but, but I, there's a, a natural rhythm to her that I find yeah. is. I believe very what she's saying. Yeah, like yeah. I believe that's her viewpoint when she's yeah. speaking. Right. So, uh, Seinfeld is always smirking, always smirking. It oh, doesn't matter yes. what he's saying. He's even smirking. when he, t- there's even an episode where he talks about how I can't act, and yeah, he's smirking during that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I want to take a moment and apologize to Dan for cutting you off with the Michael Hartney story because I I really. I want to know more about you and Michael Hartney living together. So if we could mm-hmm. do an episode just about you and Michael Hartney living together, <laughs> sure. I'd appreciate it. Uh, there's not a lot to it. 
uh, that was that was that was probably the best story. What, how shocked was he that you were stoned? Uh, he wasn't shocked. He just didn't realize that I was. And, okay, okay. and, and I didn't realize there was someone else in the apartment. That and is so, so funny when he said something. The... But I and it was funny because then I started like like you do when you're high cackling like yes, nonstop. Yes. Yep. And then when he, when I finally was able to calm down enough, I was just like, wow, that is just out of a bad sitcom like yeah, i did not yeah. realize you were there and then i screamed <laughs> like yeah. a lunatic uh i was like i didn't think that kind of stuff happened when you were high but i guess i guess it does uh it's <sighs> amazing because that's yeah. like the same going back to that scene in the bathroom jackie being behind the curtain shocked me and made me laugh was, really yeah. hard she when she said that one line and i remember it laughing at it as a kid when she's like i'm all alone it's yeah. just <laughs> me and my ganja me and my ganja <laughs> Um, and that ice cream, the way it melted was, it was so weird. Cause at first I was like, that's never going to melt. And then it started melting, not ice cream. It's specific. I can taste it. He puts it. his, it's a jello pudding pop. He puts yeah. his mouth on it and takes the initial ice off of it, which is what always happens yeah. when you eat it. Yeah. It was such a yes, good. Yeah. She pushed the, yeah. Specificity. Jackie yeah. also says, doesn't she say, am I in a sink? Am I shrinking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good it's it, that scene it alone um i gotta say mad prop mad prop yeah. because and and roseanne trying to say the garage all of it all yep. so good and dan's yep. sincerity of the love he feels for roseanne which yeah. is why i think it is a really great it is such a good base in reality sitcom like it's yeah mm -hmm. i know That's, it's your yeah. life no but but but, but and it's it, season it, six and it's still that fresh yeah yeah i mean it definitely you know i i haven't been able to watch the reboot i didn't I, watch I, either i i haven't really been able to watch a lot of it you know it, there's a lot of baggage that comes with her mm -hmm. and the show correct and you know I, I i condemn everything she said um in the last few years and and public in uh, there is a part of me that feel, you know, she was plucked from obscurity and, and, thr and literally thrust into the limelight. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I think that messes you up. And I it think does. sometimes people can handle it. And sometimes it just uh, goes the way the dodo, you know, it, uh, what? I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I, I also... <laughs> means it dies and i'm sorry am i cutting you off luke i don't want to no I, I yeah i think that's, that's that's all i have to say i think she just went crazy I'm, uh, I'm, not crazy but she she i think she i think something broke in her years ago yeah yeah i mean what what i was headed towards and and correct me if i'm wrong but going back to the days of watching the show i feel like she was pretty outspoken like you have no idea as a woman comedian, like what is different uh, yes, for me. Yes. So like that struggle alone had had to carry so much weight. Well, you let's know? look at like Rhett Butler was that same time with her, yep. her sitcom and yep. she succumbed to alcoholism. Um, yeah. Ellen uh, came out and then Im immediately was ostracized for yep. how long? And then uh, Roxanne, Roseanne, Rosa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she uh she was able to maintain her popularity for years and years and years but at what cost mm -hmm. so I, I i think that you know i don't know if you guys know but it's harder to be a woman than a guy yeah i'm just picking up what you're putting down there luke <laughs> yeah uh no i i i a hundred percent 
agree and and i i think that's where there's a part of me that like there's there's a video clip of of roseanne talking about how she'd lost but how she was fired from the reboot and oh i yeah i saw that and as much as i i do condemn what she said and i and i i'm you know listen there is freedom of speech but that also it's not with that comes punishment yeah Mm -hmm. consequence exactly i i completely agree with you know taking her out like she she that but the video watching her is is it feels like there's a broken person so i i haven't seen the video could you give us a little descriptor like is she essentially like befuddled why did they take me off no she's in hawaii in our studios in hawaii It, it it definitely strikes me as a video of a person who not only regrets what she said but but also I don't know. She had been fighting so many battles for years and she just lost this one big time. Right. And she was fighting on the wrong side mm. for this one, but she, it, it just, I don't know. I think if you fight and you fight and you fight against public perception for years and years and years and years, um, it can be hard. It can, you know, I mean like remember when she sang the national anthem poorly yeah, and it was like it a is. joke and like and pulled her and, penis. Yeah. And people just, they hated her. her. Yeah. Hated her. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I will say, like, you know, free Britney. It's like, yeah. Reading her, um, re- she's been dancing in uh, IG, that's Instagram. Yep. Videos. And she's like, I'm not going to do it on in Vegas anymore. Fuck you, dad. You're not going to make me dress what I will do this on my Instagram. And that's it. No more. And reading that is just. It's heartbreaking. Like, there's a whole history of it, Francis Farmer on down, like of just women being um, wanted to be entertaining, but that's it. You can't do anything more than just entertain us. Yeah, it's really, it's really sad. It's, it's. I mean, to to go back to the to Roseanne for a second, it's problematic because her outspokenness is what made her is what made famous, and then they don't want her to continue being that way. Right. It's like right. you have to be outspoken in the way we find digestible. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, but also, yeah, like but you're, you also but she's have also to go being, with the times too. But you, but you, you, you but yeah. think of, I mean, she, she was being outspoken, but she was promoting hate speech. Let me, um, let me clarify. I'm going back to when she got the show. I'm oh, not going, oh. I'm not saying now I'm saying at, the big like when it got to the world series and suddenly like people weren't as thrilled with her she yeah. was sort of being who she always was yes at that yes. point i'm not I, talking about the last couple of years yeah uh, I, yeah okay i know yeah, and it's i mean it's complicated stuff i mean yeah. you know, it's very she, complicated like i mean the other thing that you just made me think of was again i mean roseanne is a boomer and i think there's a lot of stuff of like you know people of that age uh, not to generalize, but like, don't still fully understand the whole social media. Like, yep, right. You say shit, and like, you're gonna get a reaction. You can't yeah. be like, wait, wait, how come I'm? Why is everyone mad at me? It's like, well, that's what happens. You put it out there, people are going to respond to it's it. It's like, like Dan on the couch, and he thinks he's alone. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He's not alone. Social media is Michael Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. and, and it's also a level of embedded racism within her that was brought out that right. I, I don't think she even was aware of mm-hmm. in a way. And, and I'm, listen, I, I want to make it very clear that I don't 
defend her speech at all and I don't no, defend her don't. actions. Um, it, it's just for her to not even understand why she was taking a task for what she said. I mean, she, she said some pretty terrible stuff. Yeah. yeah. And for her to not understand that, I don't understand necessarily. But it's interesting it, because she has this um, very she had a very awareness of who she was, what she brought to the table, et cetera, and so forth. So she does, she was aware of what she was. And then somehow the awareness went away and she was just like, everything I do is perfect. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I think that fame. she elevated herself to being in a, in a bubble and then started, you know, uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, this could be a whole nother episode, right? But, you know, could, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's because there's also like, I mean, I think sh she also always struck me as someone who, like, a lot of people, I think, become famous and are really smart about playing the the PR game. And right. she always struck me as someone um, who would probably be like me if I was famous. Uh, in that she she never seemed to understand like don't do certain things like she right. just always was who she was right yeah. and like sometimes that would be really valuable and other times she'd be like i thought it was funny i sang the national anthem bad why did everyone right. mad like yeah. she never she just seemed like somebody who was like super sloppy <laughs> in life and not and not, not i don't mean then like a like a mean way but just like the way we all live where we're no, not I, we're not thinking every second like oh what will be the public perception of this she just right. kind of did whatever she did and then sometimes it was good and sometimes people would get mad and, you know, like, yeah, she, she, she pulled the curtain back on the great and powerful laws a lot of the right. time. Cause she yeah, was yeah. just kind of like, all right, here, here's uh you know, this is how I would do it. Or the, you know, why do I have to behave this way in a certain way? Yeah. Uh, uh, things, a lot of things I think, and this is going to go back to being an old person. Uh, I think a lot of this generation coming up, the people in their twenties take for granted mm -hmm. the idea of, you know, th there's an episode of hacks where, um, which is, I think, very relevant for this because the, the young writer is like, why didn't you do more for women to the, the, the Gene Smart character? And, and, and I, as an older person, I'm just like, do, do, the sheer fact that she even got to perform was, was groundbreaking. Call. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I think that in a lot of ways, yeah, Roseanne like smashed through that ceiling. And I think that hitting her head that many times just hurt. I was speaking with a boomer very recently in the pool, my favorite place on earth. Mm. And this woman, first of all, thought that I was my friend, Liz Brown, who is about four years younger than me. She thought maybe five. Uh, she thought that I was her mother. So I want to call out that bitch <laughs> and I will fuck her up the next time I see her. But um, she started go. She was very, very liberal and started going into like, you know, politics and stuff and i was just like i'm here i'm at the i'm at the yeah. like yeah. i don't i don't want to do this and i realize you're lonely and i think you probably have a great home life why are you choosing me um but she started bitching about girls today women today and how they are taking the 70s and how hard she had worked for women's um rights to move forward by wearing skimpy clothes this woman Right. I'm 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 in a full uh, bathing suit, full disclosure. So she's not talking to me, but yeah. I'm like, why are why is this? That's what you're going to That's your takeaway from what women are doing today is that they're wearing that they're going to negate all the work you've done because they are choosing. And she was indicating that they deserve to be raped. 
in a weird way because you are like taken advantage of in some way because if you dress for it then you because there was a me too thing she went into a lot of things like it was a lot that she unpacked on me including the fact that she thinks that i am liz brown's mom and i am not liz brown's mom (laughs) i'm gonna be okay but um the other thing that she said was that um we can't work from home because that shows employees that employers that we don't want to work so that's that's another thing but <laughs> right, about it's, women's it's... rights like there's a lot that women still hate each other yeah like, we have not moved past that yeah and uh we've got these women the boomers who are telling us that we're doing it wrong because they've done so much work and then we're being we're telling the boomers they didn't do enough work so like there's just just this cycle of like but they're doing the best they can. Roseanne is a racist and, and I am not defending her, but right. yeah. each of us, each generation is just trying to move it along a little bit. And it's, yes. and it goes back a yeah. lot. Yeah. And yeah. so, but back to Roseanne and sitcoms, 10 stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great segue. Great segue. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think, we could easily turn this into so an episode sorry. of real time. With, no, no, no. I, I, no, I mean, I, I think, but I think this is all relevant all because yeah. that's what this episode's about. I mean, again, it's funny to watch something that, I mean, they're, you know, it's 1993. Right. They're probably talking about what, uh, what war? 23 years before, maybe, like, maybe like the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So we're the talking time that's Vietnam. now. Right. But what I'm saying is now more time has passed since 1993. Right. Right. Like we're now like so they're not even looking back as far as when this episode aired. Only to say that it's just funny to look at, you know, someone from a long time ago looking back to an either further time like and where there's so much cultural stuff that you were talking about. Like if they were to do this episode today, obviously there would be a lot of things differently, but they would not probably the parents on the show would not treat David the way they do. Right. No. no. Oh, no. Uh, also. But in 1993, like you yeah. wouldn't, I, I, you wouldn't even question it. Of course, that's what you do. Yes. Right. So it's just, it, it, I, I think just like we were saying, like the sort of like as things change and then I hate to say it, but people get old and they still have honestly bad opinions yeah. that they don't realize are bad because when they form those opinions, that's what everyone thought. Right. Right. So, we we but, talked about but, that's how you become a, a liberal into a conservative. We were talking about that last night. Stan said it with some friends and he said, you know, it, you become a conservative or is because you don't allow your your thoughts to change. Yeah, right. the, the quote is, if you want to if you want to grow from a, a, a liberal to a conservative, just stick to your views. Yeah, because the basic idea is like it's always evolving. And what you considered liberal 20 years ago, you are now the conservative. Right, right. Which is the exact point that Mo just made with with the woman in the pool. Like she yeah. thinks that she's breaking ground, but now she's... she broke it, and now plants are growing there. And yeah. she doesn't like right. What the she doesn't like that. Like. It's yeah. just has to stay the way she broke it. But honestly, yeah. guys, free the nipple. Free the nipple. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So um, uh, the only other couple things I wanted to say was okay. Go. Uh, Sarah Gilbert. Um, oh. They do a bit where he she's on the phone. Uh, with David and she is oh my god so funny so talented yeah she effortlessly breaks into a Roseanne impression yeah like and then it was such a funny bit because she's like well she's like well I would tell this to your mom and then she just starts intimidating I mean imitating 
Roseanne. And then David starts talking back to her like it's Roseanne. Yeah, like he's yeah, like, yeah. He's so like scared of her. It was yeah. such a great bit. But man, she just did a great like impression. And it, she just like had the physicality. And I was like, wow, that's like, they probably were like, oh, we have something here in this girl. Yeah. And she's like, really funny yeah she was clearly on a different set like what do we know why she wasn't involved in like the more like she doesn't interact with anyone i mean the older sister wasn't there i just wonder if maybe it was just easier to shoot like maybe they shot Mm. it at a different time i don't know i I think that sarah gilbert went to college during that time Uh, okay i think yeah, and that would make sense. they were between Beckys at that They're time. definitely between Beckys. <laughs> There's also a thing about like how much hours kids can work. I don't know if right. she was still under, if she was under 18 at that point. So maybe there was still a thing where like, you know, that's that's just always a thing with, with shooting. Maybe um, her stepsister, Melissa, didn't want her to do it. Well, yeah, she Man, had, I don't know. You know, had to work at SAG. Um, sister. They're also, uh, so I watched this on Amazon. Did anyone else watch it on Amazon? Or you guys yeah. all watched it on? Okay. Um, with, there were three clearly weird edits. Did anyone else notice that? Well, I saw it on Peacock. I didn't notice any edits. Okay. There was, I, I can't imagine what they cut out, but there, there's a, a moment on the phone where David says something and then it cuts and they're like in the middle of a laugh. And like something is clearly cut out. It was like a really weird edit. And there were two other ones that were not Ooh. as noticeable. Anyway, Ooh. I don't know what it could have been because it could only have been a few seconds that they cut right. out. I don't know if there was something... Did they you know say what? the line "All right, Becky"? They did say something about Becky. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'll watch. I'll watch it on Peacock. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I was just. I I just couldn't imagine what they had cut out there. Um, if it was Hulu, it would just be P. Yeah. I don't want to. I'm so angry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. I think I, I, it was For a really me, interesting wanted, episode. Yeah. I wanted to mention what. Why was she so tan? Like, why was Roseanne a different color? Well, again, this is around the time. And she's very wealthy. Yeah. I mean, she that's that was the also the downfall of the show was that she started to get plastic surgery. I mean, Mm -hmm. her eyes are different. She looks great. Um, But she's still married to Tom Arnold, though, because he's an executive producer on this one. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say was, I, I, I mean, I don't know the behind the scenes. I don't you know, but. You have to imagine there was a time when Roseanne walked into the office and was like, hey, by the way, I married this dude. He's now the executive producer and he's yeah. on the show. Yeah. yeah. And I can only imagine everyone else on the show being like, you have got to be. Like, yeah. From what I understand, yeah. too, they now. would just fire the writers every couple of years and start. Fresh. Uh! They would yeah. just, you know, and that, that was whatever. And um, oh, and Norm Macdonald was a writer on there, too. Oh, he was. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, but did you ever I, watch I, the Norm Macdonald show? That was also produced by Tom Arnold. Like produced I by them. That show so much. Okay. Uh, no, I just you know she, I think she's tan because the downfall of the show eventually was that her I think she was not able to stay in touch with her uh, right. grassroots right. beginning. You know right. her her wealth came into it and it became like I need to buy this or do this and blah blah, blah. like they win the lottery the last. Yeah, season um, and i think that that was a direct thing of like now i have money and this is all i want to talk about well I, I i should also say and i don't know how they got around this for the reboot i guess they probably just ignored it but i think a very uh un i don't know underreported is the right word but not discussed very often is what the last episode of roseanne is yeah they, they dealt with it in the pilot reboot somehow okay i don't know how the death so, of everybody or something no well, dan dies well no. So there is a 
she gives a monologue, which is the very end of the series. So first of all, they wanted to, they win the lottery and they become rich in the last season. They wanted to basically wipe that away for the finale because it was stupid. But she gives a monologue where she explains that the entire show you have just watched oh, no. was a book that she wrote. Right. And she says that like people who ended up getting married in the show did not. Right. And that Dan died years ago. Right. And she wrote a book where what if he had lived? And that's the show you just watched. It is right. one of the craziest things that has ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> like literally she's like the entire show you just watched didn't happen. Right. It was all a book that I all read. nine seasons. Yes. Yeah. Like, like David the actually went her doing that. I don't know. I think most people think that it just wiped away the the um, the lottery season, but it didn't. It wiped off the whole show. It said the whole show was fake. It was all a book that she wrote. It was based on her life, but she specifically points out that like so and so got married in the show. They did not in real life, but I always thought they were better together. So I, I had them get married in my book. I don't think people even really realize. I wonder if it's like a fuck you to her audience. Like, it's like, I'm trying to take away any, uh, not commodity, but like any goodwill that was built up in all this time. I don't know. I I think by the time that I remember, I mean, this is all memory, but I think that any sort of commodity or anything that she had built by that point was was gone. gone, And Mm -hmm. I think she was in a, in a weird place anyway. I mean, the show you know, John Goodman was kind of in and out of the show towards that last season. Yeah. Um, it was it was just it was all strange. Um, I think we're going to say this for pretty much every show that we cover, but uh, they should have just ended it, man. Yep. They, yeah. That is the lesson American television needed to learn. Like, just yeah. Yeah. get out while the getting's good, man. But in a way, every, every show just well, not every show, but most shows just die this slow, painful death. But yep. aesthetically, yes. Financially, no. Right. right. Like everybody wants to make the money. And that's oh, also that, that, that's the only reason the American they, yeah. deal. Right. 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 right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Speaking of ending gracefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's end this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we passed that 25 minutes ago, but yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Uh, this is a hot. tough one. Uh, yeah. I'm it's either this or fly the concords, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Is this better than fly the concords? Uh, I'm going fly the concords. I'm still with them on that one. I, I think that. Th- uh, it's tough though because I think they have an unfair was... advantage, but I agree with you, Luke. I think I'm going to do it too. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut off your rationalism. No, I was just going to say that you know this was definitely a meatier episode than Fly of the Concords, but I I I would put on Fly the, that episode of Fly of the Concords to cheer myself up, and I don't know that I would do that for this, and and that's not a fair example, but I, I just it's a coin flip, really. Yeah, I I enjoyed this episode. I don't ever need to see it again. I would like to watch Flight of the Concords and hear the songs again. Like, yeah. uh, I, I just think it's for me, I guess it's a, it's more, it speaks to me more, but I also think that it's, I don't want to stay more clever because this show was pretty good, yeah. but I, I honestly, I, I, and it's it won them another time. The music really nudges this show. It's going to be a tough one to dismount, but I'm going to just give it to Flight of the Concords too. It's Roseanne. So the end. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I'm picking Roseanne simply based on Jackie in the bathtub, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. It's, it's just me so, and my ganja. So funny. <laughs> She's just God. so good and funny. All right. Ugh. All right. What are we watching uh, next week? Oh, shit. I don't, re- I don't have that up. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. Dan. Let me. Sorry. I have it if you want me to do it. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, next week, uh, the next two episodes um, are going to be Number 16 is an episode of Archer, 
Huh. Oh, right. Uh, no, show I've never seen. Uh, the placebo effect. Um, I may have to give you a little. Uh, th- this is this is a classic. It's not a representative episode, so mm-hmm. I may have to explain a little bit about what's going on in Archer. But um, you can find that on Hulu or YouTube TV if you have either of those. YouTube and then the episode TV. after that is going to be Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, with an episode called The Doll, and that is on HBO. Oh, that's a good one. So you can you can watch that. Um, all right, Michelle, you want to take us home? Um, thank you so, so, so much for listening to another FM podcast about sitcoms. Dan gave you your marching orders. Make sure you watch those <laughs> those one or the well, watch Archer and then uh, we'll tell you again next week what to watch. Um, and then um, what was I going to tell you? Um, I rate, subscribe, tell your friends and eat more raisins. They're really good for you. Um, thank you so much. I'm Michelle Likowski. I'm Stan. I'm Luke. I'm Dan, the producer. And we love you. Bye. 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 This has been another effing podcast about sitcoms. The music for our theme song is by Ryan Satoy, and the lyrics and vocals are by our own Michelle Likowski. Our logo was created by Luke Ward. Follow us on Instagram, and if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, well, we'd certainly appreciate it. Another effing podcast about sitcoms will return in this time slot next week. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.